Hello, I'm delighted you can join us on Search for Truth and thank you for your company as we're about to enjoy another study in our series called The Mindfulness Jesus Endorses. This week, Brian's talking about the four R's. That's one more than I remember studying at school, but these four R's are very different because it's about changing your mind and your life in four R's. So I'll hand over to Brian now to discover how it's done. Thanks, John. From one of the words used in Deuteronomy chapter 6, the Jews call the segment between verses 4 and 9 the ancient Shema. It comes from the last letter of the first word in that verse, which means hear. This is what it says in our English Bible. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. These words, which I am commanding you today, shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your sons and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontals on your forehead. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. So the Jews read it at least twice a day, morning and evening. What this illustrates is the effort, the mindset, the focus which they have long placed on scripture memorization. We can learn from that. We need to think correctly and often about God if we want to live like Christ. We've been emphasizing that what shapes our character and our way of life is what our mind concentrates on and what ends up going down into the heart. This is the value of a daily routine featuring meditation on God's Word. And I'd include actual scripture memorization in that. Probably nothing can promote the true value of mindfulness in our lives more than this daily discipline. But you might say, I don't have a good memory. What you probably mean is you don't have a trained memory. What's the cure for an untrained memory? Concentration. That gives us the C. Then understanding, that gives us the U. And then repetition, that gives us the R and the E. The cure for an untrained memory. Concentration, understanding and repetition of what it is we're looking at. Some people can commit to memory large portions of the Bible. There's value in that, of course. But we're not talking here about any kind of performance or competition. Perhaps the greatest value is to focus on strategic paragraphs of God's Word and absorb them, internalise them, allowing the truths they contain to fill our minds as we wake up and as we go to sleep, as well as occupying our mind with it at suitable moments during the day. May I suggest a really helpful section for this is Colossians chapter 3 and the first 17 verses. Those verses begin with the very point we're considering – that of focusing our mind on right things. In other words, of being mindful of the very truth that will elevate our living. And for the remainder, those 17 verses are themed on moving on from this focus to bring about real change in our lives. So let's hear that section now from the top of Colossians chapter 3. Therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on earth. 
for you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. Therefore, consider the members of your earthly body as dead to immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which amounts to idolatry. But it's because of these things that the wrath of God will come upon the sons of disobedience. And in them you also once walked when you were living in them. But now you also put them all aside, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive speech from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, since you laid aside the old self with its evil practices, and have put on the new self who is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him, a renewal in which there is no distinction between Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave and free man, but Christ is all and in all. So as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other. Whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. Beyond all of these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you, with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another, with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Whatever you do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Time and again, the Apostle Paul taught that the definition of being a Christian believer is based on understanding that we've in fact died. That is, we're precisely those who have died with Christ. And he does it again here. He says, you died with Christ. There can hardly be any reality more foundational to appropriate Christian living than this. And the early part of Colossians 3 starts off with that, with our true and new identity, who we really are. We are those who are in union with Christ. That has to be something we are daily mindful of if we are going to live well as a Christian. This is about taking the invisible, about lives hidden with Christ and God, and making them into a visible reality before others. Our lives are hidden with Christ and God, but our daily lifestyle should be making this fact obvious to other people who are living in close proximity to us. There should be no such thing as a nominal Christian. In a sense, that's a contradiction in terms. We're meant to be transformational Christians. And this 17-verse paragraph from God's Word gives us the recipe. It's all about transformation. It talks about laying aside the old and putting on the new in terms of habitual behaviours. There's habit-forming discipline involved in changing from being a nasty, impatient person into becoming a person characterised by kindness and patience. This same section of the Bible will come to that. But behaviour modification begins with the mind, and this is something we need to be absolutely convinced about. Effort alone will not be successful. Our mind must direct that effort. I don't think any counsellor would dispute that. But this is not coming from the pages of any counselling manual, but from the very Word of God, the God who made us and who understands infinitely better than we do how we work. 
I'm old enough, you know, to have learned the three R's at school. If ever there was a misnomer, that was it. It doesn't exactly encourage accurate spelling and good pronunciation because only one of the three represented words actually begin with the letter R, but it did still serve an educative purpose. I'm going to suggest we replace that in the Christian school of life with the four R's, and this time they represent four words that actually do all begin with the letter R, as properly spoken. I want us to remember revelation, revival, renewal and reformation and come to understand how they fit together in that order in a potentially life-changing sequence. It's not automatic, of course. Very few things worth having are. And we'll additionally identify the appropriate Christian disciplines needed to develop Christ-likeness. It does boil down to breaking bad habits and making good habits. But it's a strategy directed by our mind, and what's most important of all, by a mind illuminated by biblical truth that's correctly understood as being life-changing. This is no twisting of scripture to support some kind of psychological theory. It's about explaining and applying foundational Christian truths about how God intends that we should live. As we put it together, I want you to be able to see that it's a simple set of steps. What's more, each step is a doable step. Together we'll see how the revelation of God's word through memorization and other disciplines involving our spirit, mind, heart and soul all combine to reform our character. So it begins with revelation. God communicates with our spirit. By understanding and absorbing that communication, helped in part by memorizing it, we allow it to revive us. We set our mind on the truths we've read. Having become intent on God's word in that way, our mind becomes renewed, which in turn allows its truth to penetrate down into our heart. Since our heart sets our purpose, the outcomes of our life will be influenced by it. In other words, our decisions and then our habits and finally our character undergoes reformation. If you like, we could label this the simplest method where the letters of simplest stand for reminders of the sequence that starts with our spirit, moves to focus on the intent of the mind, leading to penetration down through the heart into our life, with the end result being that the life of our soul becomes transformed. The initial letters of these key words spell out the acronym SIMPLEST. It's a method we'll explain further next time, God willing. The little song we've just heard clearly conveys the truth that self has died with Christ and we need to allow Christ to take over our life and live in us. Not easy to do though, as Brian's been saying. If you want to ask anything about today's talk, or about the series in fact, please get in touch and Brian will be glad to help. And uh, don't forget, 
There's a transcript book for all the talks in this series and it's available free on request by asking for the title The Mindfulness Jesus Endorses. And you can order the book by email or by post and here's our address. Search for Truth, Hayes Press, The Barn, Flaxlands, Royal Wootton Bassett, Swindon, SN48DY, UK. I'll repeat the postcode SN48DY, United Kingdom. Our email address is sft at churchesofgod.info. Also, look out for Search for Truth featuring on www.twr360.org. I'm sure if you log on, you'll enjoy the benefit of hearing these programmes again. Sadly, I must leave you now for another week, but thanks again for the privilege of your company. Be sure to join us again next week if you can, when Brian will be seeing if we can revive a forgotten biblical discipline. What is it? Well, listen in and find out. Till then, very best wishes from our Bible teacher Brian, studio technician David, our singers, and me, John. Cheerio then, and may God richly bless you. Mm -hmm.